Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Brooklyn-based jazz saxophone phenom Nick Green. He opened up about his debut and new 2023 album, Green on the Scene. The album features an all-star New York City band, including drum legend Kenny Washington. Born and raised in Brooklyn, he comes from a family of hardworking immigrants who helped instill in him the kind of discipline and grit needed to survive in the Big Apple. It was Nick's father who bought Nick his first saxophone at eight, and he was deeply influenced by recordings of the master like Lester Young and Charlie Parker. He's got a great story of meeting Charles McPherson. Enjoy this interview. Nick Green. How's it going, Joe? What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thanks great for having to meet, me. Great to meet you, man. Great to meet you. It's so it's usually rare for me to talk after I've put you on the show, but I was really immediately blown away by how good your album was, how timely Ukraine uh made sense for the program so it, it's great to uh it's great to meet you and thank you for taking a minute out no thank you man i appreciate it what an introduction into the world of jazz this album's been <laughs> yeah it's um it's exciting i mean uh, it was something that i uh you know had on my mind since uh before the pandemic and uh obviously uh covid put everybody on hold for uh for a year or two but um you know, as as soon as stuff started opening up again, I was like, "All right, it's it's time to do this." You know, so um, you know, I just persevered and stayed focused, and um, I'm really happy. Uh, I'm really happy with the end result, especially considering I'm my biggest critic. Um, I, I'm actually uh, really proud of it, especially for uh, you know, for a first album. Well, and I guess that's the other part of this is living through COVID. You know, it really went through the jazz community like a wrecking ball. So I'm curious. How did you survive that three-year period now that we're emerging and obviously you're triumphantly coming out with a new album and live shows? How did you get through it and how has it changed the way that you do things now? Yeah, well, I mean, you just said it changed. It's it's kind of amazing. Um, I've noticed, especially um, I was born and raised in New York City, so I've, I've really noticed uh, a tremendous change and we all have noticed a tremendous change uh, just in the city here. Um you know, with the impact of, of the pandemic, um, it, it really has changed. Um, but uh, during that time, you know, my fiance and I, we were, we really followed the rules. Um, I mean, in some ways, I don't know if it might have hurt me in my plane or something, but, you know, we, we stayed home and really took the, you know, stay at home rules uh, pretty seriously. But then, um, you know, as the weather got warmer and, and things started happening outdoors, my family actually has a restaurant in Brooklyn. Uh, my dad's uh, been a restaurateur in, in New York City for over 40 years. Uh, he's worked at uh, restaurants in Manhattan and then opened uh, his, his first restaurant in Brooklyn in the early 90s. And uh, he opened a place uh, on, Atla on Atlantic Avenue called the Bouillabaisse. Base. It was a real famous spot. I mean, the mayor used to eat there and everybody and their mother would go and eat there. And uh, I, I was born shortly after that. So... Um, I actually uh, decided to help out my father and 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 uh, kind of keep the 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 restaurant alive uh, during the pandemic because my my dad actually got stuck in Puerto Rico. Um, he bought some land there years ago and and was building a house. And then the pandemic hit and he got he got trapped on the island for a year. So there was nobody really to help run his business. So I decided to jump in and give a hand with that. And um, in doing so. Um, I, I, uh, set up a, um, like a series of concerts, like five or six nights a week outside the restaurant, you know, when the weather was suitable. 
and uh, we had live music there five or six nights a week. And um, actually, I mean, thank God uh, we we sort of thrived during the pandemic and and really created just a, a beautiful little scene and and kind of uh, added something nice to the community considering uh, all the hardships that were going on. So this is quite an entrance with the fact that you got drum legend Kenny Washington on here. How did you put this album together? How did it kind of, you know, begin and how did it get to where it creatively is now is the final product? I was, uh, you know, I I, I had uh, the music sort of in mind and I was trying to think of the band to put together. And uh, me and Joe Magnarelli had played a bunch together in New York. I, I played... Um, on a, a number of gigs um, with, with him as a leader. And uh, he and I uh, s- sort of, you know, really have a, a special thing together, really nice uh, sound. Um, so I definitely, I, I knew right away that I, I wanted to, you know, have Joe on the, on the record. And then um, I had played with Kenny a few times uh, in the past. Uh, when I, I, he, he taught at Purchase College where I went to school. And um, we uh, we did a concert one time with Joe Lovano uh, that was led by Pete Malinverney, great pianist. Um, and that was the first time I played with Kenny and it, it just felt so good. I mean, obviously, he's, uh, you know, he's one of the greats. Um, and he really he really brought something special out of my playing then. And, uh, you know, the one or two times I got to play with him after that, I just noticed he really has a special thing of really bringing the best out of people. So I, I knew I wanted to have Kenny on the date. And then um, Mike, you know, Mike Karn, great bassist. Um, he, uh, the few times that we had played together really felt great. And um, I, I wonder if it had to do with something uh, maybe because he used to be a saxophone player. He really, uh, has uh, something about him playing with saxophone players. I, he, he told me actually a lot of saxophone players hire him. Um, you know, we so I, I know that me and him sort of had a special thing together. And then the great Jeb Patton, of course. You know, I mean, what could you say about Jeb? He's he's phenomenal. So, you know, the journey began early for you at the age of eight. And, you know, it, we weave in the fact that you met Charles McPherson. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings and how the jazz bug got in you. My mother's side of the family was very musical. Actually, um, my mother's aunt, her name was Yana. She was um, a big star back in the day on the BBC uh, in the 50s. Um, so, you know, they my, my mom's side of the family sort of very musical. And my, my grandmother um had an incredible voice uh she could have been like an opera singer or something you know um she, I, I remember being out at uh, her house in germany and she'd be singing all the way down in the cellar and i could hear her up on the third floor you know just uh, her voice would fill up the house so um and and then my i would have to credit my mother you know she she always played all the right records around me ever since i was a young kid uh my introduction to music really actually was sort of like through rock and roll and uh, my mom was from england so she'd always play records by the beatles and stuff but then later on um she she passed away when i was about 13 years old i went through uh, her collections of cds and i found a cd of uh lester young's and I remember putting that on the CD player and just being so blown away and, and kind of saying to myself, man, I really want to learn how to play just like that. And then one thing led to another. You know, I heard uh, Charlie Parker, of course, and 
and when I heard bird, that's like the, you know, the lights sort of went off. I mean, I, I, I really never heard any music like that before. So talk to me a little bit about kind of how things started moving forward for you live, you know, getting gigs and moving to a point where, you know, you are now with your debut and with everything kind of gaining steam. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky. You know, I'm from New York city. Um, I went to the Frank Sinatra school, of the arts in, in Queens, uh, which was founded by a great singer. We all know, uh, Tony Bennett. Um, and that's that was sort of the birth of uh you know of, of jazz music to me in high school i was i was placed in the jazz band and that was my introduction to to playing this music um you know i used to save my, my lunch money every week uh, that my dad gave me for school and I, I would save that money up and go out to clubs and listen to live music every week uh you know friday night me and my buddy we would make it a thing to go out and find a show you know, a, a show or two on the weekends and uh, go see all the great players heard of. Um, so, so, you know, really just going out there and, and making the hangs and, and meeting all the great musicians. That's sort of how it all uh, began for me, you know, making those connections and then going out to the jam sessions and, uh, you know, uh, showing my face and, and meeting all the musicians that I admire and, and, you know, introducing myself with them and, 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 and getting a chance to sit in with those guys, you know, that's, that's sort of how it worked out. But I'm, I'm really lucky to be a city boy. You know, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York and Red Hook. And, and, um, you know, this is New York city. I mean, pandemic or not is still the, the Mecca, the place to be, you know, for jazz music, um, and the arts. So I'm, I'm really blessed and uh, fortunate to be from here to have uh, been able to surround myself around a lot of the great musicians. So what is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? There's all these aspects that go into it from live performance to recording live shows, but what do you like the best about the process? You know, and like any great artist, I think it just gives a lot of meaning to life. Um, especially if you feel like you have, you have something uh, to offer. Um, I mean, I know I'm I'm not going to be responsible for changing the course of uh, Western music, but um, I think just the creative process itself is what keeps me going when I wake up in the morning. You know, I, I practice every day. I still try and practice at least two or three hours um, every day, and and uh, you know I'm try to keep writing more music and sort of keep that uh, creative bug going. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, actually, I was talking to Joe, and he just said to me one day, he said, you know, it's such a, Joe Magnarelli, he said, it's such a gift what we do, you know, and and, and I think that that's really a thing. Like, yeah, it is, it, it is, it is a gift. If you could go back in time and catch any jazz show live, what, what show would you like to catch? Who would you want to see live? Oh, definitely Charlie Parker on 52nd Street or up at the Royal Roost, you know, definitely. I, I, I would... <laughs> yeah bird and prez i mean those are those are to me they're they're the they're, they're the greatest that question was born out of me being down on 18 and vine enough thinking about what that day was like you know um <laughs> so um so everyone out there has a perception of you family friends fans but ultimately you drive the boat you live your life what's your mm -hmm. perception of you who do you think you are boy um who do I think I am? Um, I think that I'm a young buck from Brooklyn, New York, uh, who's just uh, trying to play some swinging music, uh, you know, honest, uh, note for note, uh, 
freshly improvised beautiful music i mean that's that's all i'm trying to be i just uh for you know the, the, like duke ellington said it does it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing i'm just trying to swing man and that and that's what um that's what really drew me to this this beautiful music this great american art form you know which uh, we uh, we all call it jazz some people call it something else but uh yeah i just uh want to try and keep swinging that's that's it so if anyone out there wants to pick up the new album learn about shows anything pertaining to your world where is the best place for them to go well, they can go on um, on uh, Bandcamp. I know that's that's one website, Bandcamp, or they can uh, order the uh, CD directly through the Seller Live website, which is the the record label that the the CD is on. Um, yeah, and uh, for those uh, who uh, are having a hard time earning a buck or two, I mean, it's on Spotify and the streaming places as well right now. I understand. Right on. Hey, Nick, man, this has been great. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for taking time out. Best of luck with everything as we move forward. Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning into another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Nick for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.